Hi, this is Sarah Cavell from EI Focus. Thank you for joining the Focused Athlete Podcast. Today we're here with Justine Siegel. Justine is the first woman to coach in Major League Baseball. It was so much fun for me to have this conversation with her because it brought back memories for me. I actually played AAA baseball with the boys when I was in middle school for a couple seasons. Justine took it to a whole nother level. She ended up becoming a coach and she shares some of her experiences and how she manages in this role as a female. She talks about kindness and authenticity. She talks about self-care and taking naps and she talks about family time. I'm really excited for you to hear from Justine and I'm It was just such an honor and so much fun to hear about her journey. So enjoy the conversation with Justine. Thanks for joining us. All right. Hi, Justine. Nice to see you today. Happy to be here. Uh, Thank you so much for your time. Uh, This is my name. I'm Sarah Cavell, and we are from EI Focus, and we're here with uh, Justine Siegel, who is the first woman to coach professional men's baseball. Pretty amazing. And I have a personal attachment to this as a, as a female baseball player in my teenage, young teenage years as well. So um, I'm just really excited to talk to you today. And we're, I'd love to hear from you a little bit about um, how your emotions as, as coach, as athlete affect your performance. And maybe, you know, starting with either one, coach or athlete. Okay. So, you know, as a kid, I was actually a hothead. I was the kid who threw her glove or if I made a mistake, you know, like it was very hard for me to let it go. Uh, I didn't really blame other people. That wasn't my thing. It was more about me and how I failed. And it may not even be a big mistake, but the way I internalized it was a huge mistake. So, um, you know, I later learned that that's because I was associating failure with my own self-worth. But uh, now I am much calmer. (laughs) I almost feel like I may have had to take a little bit of the competitive edge off to be a little calmer, but just sort of the perspective and... um, knowing that there's, there's so much more than this moment and that mistakes happen and people lose and, and, and that's just the way it is. Right. <laughs> and there'll be another day. Um, to check my emotions now, um, particularly like when I became the first woman to throw MLB batting practice, you know, um, there was no room for failure. You know, so if I didn't throw well, I knew it would be a long time before another woman got a chance. And so, you know, I did things in the gym and I, to get uh, prepared with my body, you know, physically prepared. Um, I went to different D1 schools and actually threw against them to kind of become mentally prepared. But uh, more to what you're saying um, is that I had a reset word so that if I felt my emotions were getting the best of me, I, I would kind of say this word. And for me, it was um, Christina Taylor Green, who, who um, was killed in the Tucson shootings when she was nine. 
and I was wearing her patch to to honor her memory because she wanted to be the first girl to uh, play in the major leagues. So it was just like just saying her name, just thinking of her, made me think, okay, get you know, get out of yourself, remember the picture, and let's get some some rhythm going and and make it happen. Mm, wow, that's really powerful. So to be saying her name and and bringing her her uh, her to your mind and what so then what would happen like what did that do did it just like calm you did it stop you from um, maybe acting on the emotion or what what happens in that moment then that when you reminded yourself in this way? yeah I mean I didn't always say her name I might just say you know fun have fun, but that, but it was all, it all ended up connecting. And so I'm a visual person. So yeah. I'd automatically, you know, think of this nine year old girl whose life was tragically cut short, but who just wanted to play baseball. Um, for me, it just, I get in my own head and overthink. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you particularly when you think batting practice, the whole goal is to throw the ball right over the plate so hitters can hit it. Yes. And so, you know, it's very easy to like, if you throw one, well, what, well, I thought the next one is a ball. Like it's very easy for it to snowball right. because each one is a separate task and it's a separate task with a line of international media watching you. Um, so it's just trying to get out of your head. And, and the other thing that I did was um, I sing in my head. I hum a song and humming a song. Uh, let's just put it this way. If the song I'm humming, the beat is too fast my heart rate's going too fast. And if it's too slow, which is never, you know, I don't I can't even think of a time where I was going too slowly. But when I find the right song with the right rhythm, for, um, which I practice outside of, the, you know, that moment to make sure that I'm staying calm because I can't do much when my heart's beating really fast. Right. You know, I, I have to get control of my body. But of course, the mind kind of has to help you do that. Yes. So you practice then this song and during a a practice outside of this, you know, really big uh, event so that you kind of, your body gets in tune with this. And it sounds like um, what you're describing a little bit is like this way that you become present so that you're, you're focusing on that one pitch before going, okay, to the next one, like, oh my gosh, what if I don't get the next one? But this sounds like some way that it grounds you in a way. to become present. Yeah, oddly enough, not to think about the pitch. Everything is set not to think about it. So you can just go into the automatic mode that, you know, you can rely on all the practice and effort you put in beforehand. Okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So this is a technique then that um, allows you to stop thinking really because you know how much practice and how much time you've spent on your technique and it kind of allows you just to trust that that practice trust and just have the right amount of thought Mm -hmm. you know it's not something you can just do you have to you have to train your body to do this right um and and, you know you can train yourself to do this while you're in traffic you know (laughs) right when you're about to yell at your kid (laughs) you know all these times are the times when you can like practice this you know whether it's breath or whether it's um picturing someone or having a word just finding what what works for you and you're so right like you can use your whole life as practice for this moment 
Um, and and those, those opportunities come up all the time. Sure. And when I was a kid, that was the one who was so upset all the time. You know, that wasn't fun. Right. Yeah. You know, it's not fun to live in that kind of high stress mental mode. Um, again, or just you're getting caught up completely in your emotions instead of enjoying what you were doing. So I don't want to go back to that. It's not fun to do that. And I don't want other people to have to live in that mode either. Right. It's easy to, but if we, sometimes we even are, we're in that mode and we don't even realize it. And so like that ability to kind of take, check in with yourself even to say, Hey, does this feel good? Am I, does this feel good to me? And how do I feel right now? And then do something about it. Like you've done. For sure. For sure. Sometimes you just go take a nap. <laughs> Sometimes you take a nap. I love that too. Yes. How I heard in one of your interviews, you talked, talked about kindness. How does kindness play into, um, how you're a coach, how you show up? Um, well, you know, for me, it's been very difficult to coach because I coach men. Um, well, mostly I coach men. And so, so I've had to fight for every step that I've made. And I've had to, um, I've coached at the college level. I have a PhD in sports psychology. Um, and, and so all of these things where all I wanted to do was coach, but I had to kind of like get a PhD to coach something that you usually only need a master's for. But I was always trying to overqualify myself. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, as a coach and kindness, there's a lot of times in my story and my journey where I could have just gotten angry. And if I had let, allowed anger to consume me, then I could not have gone on my own path. And so I needed to keep my peace within so I could stay on my mission. And um, so I decided to use kindness, the acts of kindness, um, because I think action is more than just thinking about it. And um, that's kind of how I've I've gone through it. I remember my daughter and I was kicked out of a locker room and my daughter's like 11 and nine or something I think she's nine years old and we're making the team brownies and and I just remember over the bowl stirring this bowl and saying mom why are we making the team brownies (laughs) and I was like because we're going to be kind and um it it was really important because I just think anger derails too many people Mm -hmm. and I I can't I can't have that I've got things I want to do things I want to accomplish and things to change right how do others like in that moment when you brought those brownies to the team what happened then because they likely didn't expect that yeah yeah, you gotta make it just cool (laughs) you know kindness has to be kind of like who you are Mm -hmm. rather than just like these you know random actions if it's completely out of character people are gonna be like what's up but of course we build, sometimes we build kindness within ourselves through these actions, you know, smaller, smaller, and we just kind of become more calm. And so like with meditation, sort of the more you do it, the more it just becomes a part of you. Right. And the way you see the world, your perspective. Um, I can just say that um, in that particular season, that was, it was very trying because it was when I became the first woman. Um, so only the second woman to coach any pro team here in the U.S. for men. And it was just ahead of its time. 
Yeah. Um, when eventually I was let go, you know, I had players come to me and just say, I didn't like how you were treated or um, I was I was kicked out of the locker room and I, and I couldn't eat. So I'm sitting outside locker room, finally get my meal and a, and a player comes out and just sits next to me. Mm. And, um, you know, he goes in the locker room and another player comes and sits next to me. Oh. And I think that doesn't happen without being authentic right. with those guys and being consistently there for them. And it also equates with kindness. And what I'm hearing you describe is also this way that you show up to others and especially like as one of their coaches in that moment uh, and they're, they admire this and they're, they're modeling it as a result, you know, showing you the kindness back that you have shown them. Yeah. I mean, I think to some degree, you know, I, I don't really think of it that way. I just try to be the best I can for myself and for others. And that was back in 2009 and things have changed a lot just in my climate. I don't have the kind of struggles I have with players now or, or management. It's still difficult to get opportunities, but young men are just different now. You know, they're just much more open okay. to, to uh, women in different positions. But um, I just want to give my best. You know, I think players deserve that when you're coaching Yes. is to, to take your own ego out and perform the task at hand and, and listen to your players. And that listening could be anything. That listening could be how they're failing or how they feel they're failing or how even you know how they're failing on a task to um, family problems, girlfriend problems, um, or they're hungry. <laughs> There's right. so many ways just to listen so you can be there with a the player, uh, particularly when you travel with them. You know, when it's not just a, you go home, you, you coach and then you go home when you're actually traveling on a bus or staying in hotels, you definitely need to be extra aware of all of those things. Mm -hmm. So being supportive in that way and connecting with the players in this way that sometimes listening can be so simple as simply saying nothing. That's pretty much what listening is, but it, it can be so powerful when we, when we can be there and listen to somebody else and, and truly hear what they have to say. Yeah, absolutely. Being there and being, being reliable, being consistent. Mm -hmm. No one wants a coach who's, you know, yells at you one moment and the next moment they tell you how great you are. And then right. <laughs> the other moment, you know, like you just want a coach who's, who's going to be who they are every time. Right. So you know where they are and, and, Hopefully that's not them yelling at you all the time, but um, you want you want a, an emotionally reliable coach. Yes, and like authentic too. What what I hear you saying is that your your real you shows up in all parts of your life, including as a coach with your athletes. Um, absolutely. How do you stay motivated? Well, I started an organization called Baseball for All, um, which is a national nonprofit to empower girls to play and coach and lead. So, um, I mean, the big picture is, is that there's all these girls behind me that, you know, want to be involved in baseball. And, and they are sometimes told they can't play because they're girls yes. or they have dreams of coaching. Um, you know, for many years, I was the only woman with any pro coaching experience at the baseball level, you know, who was trying to always get some work in. 
Um, and this year there's, there was five women who were, who were hired in pro baseball, um, you know, to coach in some manner. So, you know, that's the big picture. And when you think of the big picture, it allows you to really take your ego away and to really stay on mission and focus. And to do that, you kind of have to be authentic. So you have, you have to lay it all on the line when you're thinking about the others uh, behind you. Yeah, so just, again, going back to, in order to be authentic, too, you, I mean, you really, truly have to be in touch with, like, who you are, because we're always checking in also. It's like, am I being real in this moment, or is this how I want to show up? Um, and so having that ability to check in with yourself so that you can be um, this way that you say you want to be. Absolutely. And, and something I tell women who are working in pro sports now, not just coaching, but in you know so many different uh, pioneering roles right now, is don't forget to take care of yourself. Yeah. You know, you've got to take that pause. You've got to feed something. You have to feed yourself something spiritually. How are you to define it? There has to be something coming in. You can't just keep giving out um, or, or you'll just uh, there'll be a moment. <laughs> Yes. where you just you're a puddle and and um that's that's not good for anybody so um just take take time for yourself and that's why I always I kind of joke with people like hey you'll get ice cream because <laughs> right. I happen to be emotionally attached to ice cream uh, but you know go get ice cream or just take a nap or get taken whatever it is just make your life a little easier in this moment so that you can be more energized for your next move Ah, so great. And just one, as we wrap up, I heard you talk about meditation. You mentioned meditation earlier on and in this conversation right now about taking care of yourself. Um, what are some ways that you take care of yourself and is meditation part of how you do that? <laughs> I've tried to make meditation my thing. I just don't sit still well at all. Um, for me, um, I would say that I take care of myself. You know, I, I try to structure in family time. My daughter's now 22. But during this whole other time, you know, she was a kid with me, me and her. It was our journey together. So it's like you're really, really tense. You're in this tense moment. And the next thing you know is you're reading a book or, you know, you're reading a book to your kid and it's just like a totally different framework. And, and it, that to me was very important during my times is taking that family time. And we had a rule, like no baseball on the TV or anything like that. Now I would say I, I do take the naps. I happen to love a 30 minute nap that allows me to reset. And I think each day I just kind of think of some goals that I can accomplish, not goals that are, they may be a five-year goal, but they're steps. What do I need to do today just to get a little closer? For me, accomplishing little things makes me feel like a lot easier yeah. than trying to think of the big thing all the time. Yes. Um, so I guess um, my perspective. So it's not quite meditation, but it's, it's thoughtful perspective. When I get up in the morning and when I go to sleep, um, just being able to let it go. and then. Um, that's it. Yeah. You let it go. Right. Let <laughs> it go. Relax. And, and it sounds like focusing on like taking those little bite-sized 
pieces, steps towards that greater goal, but being aware of what that is and paying attention. Yes, we can all become overwhelmed very quickly with our goals and, and what, all the work that it is. And, and I like to make just a, a mental list of what I'm going to be sure to get done today mm-hmm. and then go from there. Um, I know other people do it differently and they have long lists. I find those long lists, they just start to get longer and longer. Right. So I choose those four or five things that I know I have to cut out. Um, so to me, I'm very uh, goal oriented and I'm very step by step. And and then uh, Terry, remember to get that ice cream because it just feels good. Oh, that's awesome tip. I'm with you on that. Well, thank you so much for your time and for sharing your experiences and we we're just it's it's an honor to be here talking with you today so thank you thank you i love the conversation ah great well we'll be in touch thank you so much take care bye-bye thank you everyone for joining us today on the focused athlete podcast we would love to stay connected so please follow us on instagram at ei underscore focus on Facebook at EI Focus, on our LinkedIn page at EI Focus, and for lots more information and upcoming events, www.eifocus.org. Thank you so much and see you at the next podcast.